You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, everybody, this is MLB Extras, the Blue Jays podcast. Tim McMaster here along with Gregor Chisholm, our Blue Jays reporter. Gregor, it's great to be back on the podcast with you. It's been a little while, but I should be back for the rest of the offseason. I like it a lot. Looking forward to it. All right. Love the American League East. So much to talk about. We're going to talk about the coaching staff, uh, the non-tender trade deadline as well, and some other stuff. Let's start with that coaching staff. Uh, The full staff was announced this week. Uh, Russ Atkins talking about it earlier this week as well. Um, Charlie Montoya getting some of his own guys in there, I guess, but also some people um, hanging on and that have been there for a while. Pete Walker will be back as pitching coach. Luis Rivera at third base, um, but some interesting hires for sure. When you look at this, Guillermo Martinez promoted a hitting coach. That's interesting. What's What exactly has he done within the organization, Gregor, to prepare him for this moment? Yeah, Guillermo Martinez is, I mean, he's a guy who, who came over with four years of experience with, with the Cubs minor league system uh, as a hitting instructor at their class A level. And and last year, uh, spent a lot of time as the Toronto's hitting coordinator and really kind of gained a, a lot of notoriety for the work he did with some of the Blue Jays uh, minor leaguers coming up into the system. And, and from what I've heard, he, he really hit it off with Charlie Montoya really right off the bat. And, you know, I, I think this entire coaching staff from top to bottom, what, what they really, what the Blue Jays really targeted here was a bit of a diverse group that, that comes from different backgrounds. And, um, you know, in the past, I think this coaching staff under John Gibbons worked a little bit in isolation. Uh, you would see guys who would be responsible for, for a specific task and very rarely would they ever go out of their lanes. But, you know, with this coaching staff, I really think they want Guillermo Martinez to to work with John Snyder, for example, who was brought in as a, as a major league coach. I think he's going to uh, work a little bit with Shelly Duncan, who's who's going to do some work as, as a major league field coordinator for the Blue Jays. I think you're going to see a lot of coordination um, from the different aspects of this group from top to bottom. And I think one thing that you're also going to see that this coaching staff didn't necessarily have a lot of in the past is is, is a real passion for the analytics and, and data-driven side of this game. I mean, you're, you're bringing in some, some old school guys with some new school guys and the mix of those two I think is what the Blue Jays were really trying to do to put together for for a well-rounded staff and you know for Martinez I mean this this team needs to get better offensively so he makes a lot of sense that that he's coming in to replace Brooke Jacoby that seemed like one uh, transition that was definitely going to happen and um, you know for an emerging group that's where a lot of the development has to take place. You mentioned some of the new faces. Mark Bozinski at first base. Matt Bushman will be the bullpen coach. Shelly Duncan, Major League Field Coordinator. And that's a title that we're starting to see more and more with big league clubs. And and one thing that he's going to be doing, I guess, is is working with specific players on, on specific things. I think that title alone, right, opens him up to kind of freelance around and, and focus in on different things at different times. It does. And, and what... Atkins kind of described that it's a, it's a development role. And so it really could be just about anything you could see. uh, You could see him go down to the minor leagues uh, and work with a couple of their big prospects. Um, If they think that someone needs a, you know, a week of his time down there, that's something you could certainly see Uh, on the major league roster. I think you're going to see him spending a lot of time with, with some of the guys who aren't necessarily getting as much playing time guys who are really still trying to establish themselves 
a guy like Loris Gurriel Jr. last year who went through a lot of defensive changes at the big league level. I think in the future you would see him take a special interest in a player like that uh, and really kind of do a lot of the one-on-one tutelage, a lot of the, the tutelage that would happen before games, as opposed to the big picture stuff that, that's happening during the game, whether it's uh, positional alignment uh, or things like that. And this is really a development role where the focus is going to be on some of those younger players, which uh, I think we're seeing that role uh, increase throughout baseball. We've seen some teams at it as well, and, and now the Jays are really kind of getting in on that that boat as well to to have a coach specifically for those developing players as opposed to, to some of those veteran ones where you're looking to, to maybe tinker a little bit more than, than make uh, wide-scale changes. And Atkins, one of the guys he mentioned that Duncan could work with, right, was Brandon Drury. Drury came over from the Yankees in that Jay Happ deal. He's a guy that has been up in the big leagues with the Yankees, with the Blue Jays, um, had his moments, but hasn't really solidified himself. What What does he need to work on? Yeah, well, I, I mean, the thing with Drury is, and, and he said this before as well, he sees himself as as a third baseman. I mean, that that's yeah. the position he wants to play, um, but it's not going to happen in Toronto. <laughs> the wrong team. <laughs> yeah, it really is. I mean, you got Vladimir Guerrero coming up. So I think you're, you could possibly see Drury maybe start the year uh, for about a month uh, at third base, but then second base, if he's going to stick around in Toronto, I mean, that's really the position you're looking at. Uh, where it has become his full-time slot. And so for him, I mean, he has all the defensive tools to, to play third, to play second. You can even put him in the outfield. Uh, there's no major concern with that. I, I think for him, he just wants to find a permanent home. And, and he wanted that permanent home to be third base. Uh, I think now he's going to have to come up with a consolation prize and, um, and and probably settle for that regular time at second base. But I think ultimately for him, he wants to get away from being that super utility player um, because a lot of players just don't enjoy being in those roles. They want a permanent home. And the Jays certainly see value in that super utility role, but they also uh, view him as an everyday player. And it, it remains to be seen exactly what's going to happen at second base with this team. Um, but you have to think going into the spring, no matter what happens, that he'll be the uh, the early favorite to, sk- to secure the vast majority of those at-bats at second once Vladimir Guerrero comes up. And uh, I think it's just a matter of him of, of settling into those routine and working out some of those kinks. But he has all the tools, and, and I think Duncan will help him get there. You mentioned third base, and that actually brings me to another topic, and that is Josh Donaldson, who obviously the Blue Jays uh, traded away last year um, at the deadline. He was injured most of the year, wasn't the MVP player we've seen, but he has found a new home, and it's close to his home down in Atlanta. He grew up a Braves fan, um, and he's back there. Just from a Blue Jays perspective, uh, maybe reflect a little bit, Gregor, on, on what Josh Donaldson meant in his time in Toronto. Obviously, uh, Alex Anthopoulos liked him enough that he's now brought him to two different organizations. Yeah, no no kidding. And I, you know, I put together a top 10 uh, list of Blue Jays, the best play, trades of, of all time for that franchise. And I can't remember exactly where I had Donaldson, but it's easily top five. And it's easily one of the – that Anthopoulos deal – easily goes down to one of the best all time uh, simply because what it, what it turned into. I mean, you, you got a guy uh, just before the 2015 season when he was on the cusp of, of winning the American league MVP. You look at what they gave up in return. Sean Nolan didn't really turn out. Kendall Graveman still kind of trying to establish himself and uh, Barreto, the infielder they gave up. I mean, it's just, it was a win, 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 especially when you look at the fact that they snapped a 22 year drought in the postseason. Uh, Donaldson was a major factor in that. He obviously was, 
is just as big of a factor in uh, in 2016. So you add in two back-to-back appearances in the American League Championship. I mean, this franchise owes an awful lot to him and Jose Batista and Edwin Encarnacion. And it's certainly not a surprise uh, he's not coming back. I mean, that writing was on the wall for a very long period of time. I, I think there's some hurt feelings there, especially on his side. Um, he, he wanted to stay in Toronto. Uh, didn't seem like the organization was nearly as receptive to that idea as, as he was. Um, but but that's the reality when you've got a, a team that that's trying to get younger and, and rebuild. A lot of times the player and, and, and team aren't necessarily going to be on the same page. And, you know, we saw some discrepancy with with his health uh, and how that was treated. Uh, and now he's he's going to Atlanta where he's reunited with the old Blue Jays training staff and George Poulos. He's, he's reunited with Alex Anthopoulos. I think there's going to be a lot of uh, comfort for him there. Um, and, and then for, for a guy who's getting into his mid thirties, and this is, this is also an opportunity to, to win this year. And, and you, you can't argue with that. And, and it looks like Atlanta shaping up to have a pretty good team in 2019. Yeah. He goes from a team that's about to kind of embark on some kind of rebuild. We'll see how big it is. Um, they probably don't have to do the major overhaul necessarily that other teams like the Braves have done, but he jumps to a team that just finished that and is ready to win now in Atlanta. And, uh, they're hoping he's a big part of it. Just a one year deal there as I think he hopes to reestablish himself and get a multi-year deal next offseason. We'll see how that plays out. And that trade is a great example of why prospects are prospects, right? I mean, Barreto could end up being a very good player. He's just kind of embarking on his big league career now. But all the guys they sent for Josh Donaldson, most of them don't work out. And and that's what you see over and over again. We love prospects, but they are prospects. And, and that's a great example of why you can deal them because you just, you just never know. All right. Another report. Uh, this week, Jeff Passan reported that the Blue Jays are shopping Russell Martin. Not a big surprise, right, Gregor? No, not at all. And, and really, anyone who's and this is Jeff Passan is one of my my favorite writers. Uh, but you know, th- anyone who's been paying attention uh, could see the writing on on the wall uh, for this. I mean, Russ Martin was was healthy all of last summer, September. He appeared in one game uh, for the Blue Jays. He he sat. Uh, the final three weeks of the year, uh, didn't get off the bench. It was an incredibly bizarre situation uh, for both the player and the team, um, something that I haven't really come across uh, during my time. I had seen Colby Rasmus benched for about a month uh, back in 2012, um, but that was disciplinary more than anything. Th- this was just the team simply is moving forward with with different catchers. I mean, they've got Danny Jansen uh, and Reese McGuire behind the plate. As, as two emerging prospects, Danny Jansen is the undisputed, uh, you know, starting catcher moving forward for this organization. And what that means for Russell Martin is, well, the, the Jays are going to try and deal him. The, the problem is that he, he's making $20 million next year. And so um, there's no doubt that the Blue Jays will look to explore deal. There's no doubt that they will look to eat a significant amount of his salary in order to try and make that happen. And, and I think unlike a guy like Troy Tulowitzki, I, I think it's I think it's realistic that the Blue Jays can move Martin this year. It's just going to require um, for them to, to eat, you know, 75 percent of the deal, whatever that magic number is uh, to get a potential contending team interested. But, you know, Russell Martin, you're not looking if you're a contending team, you're certainly not looking at him as. Uh, as the undisputed starting catcher for for a team anymore, I don't I don't think. Um, but he's a guy who could still come in and uh, you know split time, uh, form a decent platoon for you. He can still handle a pitching staff. His arm isn't quite, quite isn't quite what it used to be. Um, but you bring in that veteran knowledge, and to me, if you're a if you're a team that that needs that second catcher or even a guy to come in and compete for that starting job. Uh, you can do a lot worse than Russ Martin. And it, it just it makes too much sense for these sides to, to, to go their separate ways at this point in time with the Blue Jays 
focusing on on their rookies and 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 Martin quite frankly probably not all that interested in, in sticking around uh for that kind of rebuild that the the Jay that soft rebuild that the Blue Jays are going through right now Gregor, the non-tender deadline was Friday, 8 o'clock Eastern time. For people that don't understand quite what that is, it's a time when arbitration-eligible players can be released by their teams and not go down that road and and not be re-signed, avoiding arbitration, all of that. Um, Interesting ones for the Blue Jays. Hervis Salarte, uh, non-tendered by the Blue Jays. This one was not really a surprise, right, Gregor? No, not at all. And and the you know, the writing was on the wall for that when his he had a he had a club option on his deal uh, that was declined earlier in the year, which is what put him through um, this tendering process uh, to to go through the arbitration process. And, and once that club option was declined, uh, it was pretty obvious that uh, he was going to be non tendered as well. And you just look around at that Blue Jays infield; they they got too many guys. Uh, they had too many guys, uh, even, you know, getting rid of, of Solarte and, and they got rid of Olemis Diaz as well. Uh, but you look around, you've, you've still got Richard Urania in the minor leagues as a guy who could potentially make the roster as, as a super utility type player. You got Brandon Drury for either third base or, or second base. You've got Vladimir Guerrero on the way up. You've got Lourdes Gurriel Jr. You don't know what's happening with Troy Tulowitzki. You, you've just got a lot of pieces in place. And, and Solarte was, was a luxury that the Blue Jays, frankly, didn't really need. And uh, for someone who's going to cost more than five million bucks, it just didn't make a whole lot of sense. And so, uh, you know, the writing on that one had, had been on the wall for a while. And it, he had a hot start last year, uh, but really after that early, you know, April and May performance, um, you know, it, it seemed like this was coming now for 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 quite a few months. All right, great stuff. You can find Gregor on Twitter at Gregor MLB, and I'm on Twitter at MLB underscore McMaster. This podcast and all of our MLB Extras Club podcasts can be found at MLB.com backslash podcast or on Apple Podcasts by searching MLB Extras. That will do it for this edition of our Blue Jays podcast. Thanks for Marissa Morris for producing, putting it all together. Tune in again next time. <laughs>